Australia. How are you going? Hang on. That's right, it's NBA Australia. It's Wednesday. Hump day. November 10. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For Rolling Stone, Dribble J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here, hanging out in Larry Armour Studios, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season. It's all happening. You've got MVPs laying out Mariah twins. Ah, oh, it's just all happening. You got Penny Sava messaging ex Suns employees. Anyway, we're here repping Australia a bit. We don't take things too seriously. I'll leave that for the nerds, but we will keep you informed and entertained. <laughs> uh, so we've got three games to wrap up today. Actually, three really fun games, too. Uh, in the day after the Jokic day, which is kind of fun. Uh, we've also got the power rankings, the fun power rankings so far for the first three weeks. Who are the best teams to watch, Jimmy? Well, I'll answer that question later. Uh, we've got a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got Yeah Nas, the unpopular opinion of the day, and our back takeouts, where we're serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, today, we've also got a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. Australian player watch, very brief one today. And the NBA Australia game previews and picks for tomorrow. Tomorrow is absolutely chock-a-block. Unbelievable. And we're going to finish off with a uh, Greenies Green Tips for Greener Living with Josh Greeny Green. Always a classic. Always fun. Let's get to it. Episode 695 of NBA Australia. Let's go. Alright, NBA Australia is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. That's right, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And they just launched their fourth-gen trimmer. That's right, the fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. So join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STRAYER. And manscaped.com. Tell you what, being one of the first people to try the 4.0, I was just blown away by it. It's just such a good shaver to use. It's sleek, it's cool, it's got a light. <laughs> but the coolest part is, is probably the ceramic blade and their advanced skin safe technology. So it's just like, you know, if the Nets win the title in New York, no more Knicks. The best part is, You'll feel confident shaving your boyos, but also you don't have to use your face trimmer on your nuts and then vice versa. Come on, that's gross. Grow up and get your own ball hair and body hair trimmer with Manscaped and make moo time the best time. Because, look, you just don't want pubes in your mouth. That's what we're all breaking it down to, aren't we? So get 20% off from free shipping with the code Australia. Your balls will thank you and so will anybody else who comes even vaguely, like, near in contact with them. Seriously, Manscaped rules. There's heaps of other products as well for men's grooming, so go check it out and get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYER, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia.
Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. Especially, I guess, if you're uh, Mook Mo- um, Keith Morris, I guess. Uh, I enjoyed that. Because Shaq jumped in on this and was like, as a big guy, when a little guy hits you, you got to touch him on the back. you got to touch him back. When you hit me, don't turn your head because it's coming. And I'm kind of here for that. So let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. That's right. Jokic versus Markeith Morris versus the Jokic brothers versus Marcus Morris. <laughs> it's all going on. Um... All right, the wash from all of this, uh, Markeith is listed as out already for tomorrow's game with Whiplash. Not a surprise with that big neck and head snap. Uh, Jokic did say after the game, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, that he was, you know, he felt bad after he saw how hard uh, his neck and head sort of snapped back and everything. And uh, there was some great stuff that also came out of this because we did see a photo of, like, Kyle Lowry, Bam, Dwayne, Deadman, Jimmy Butler kind of in, like, the uh, hallways of the Miami Heat Arena, waiting, waiting for the Nuggets, maybe. <laughs> We're going to bash you, bro. We're going to bash you. All right. And uh, the NBA announced its sanctions as well. Joker cops a one-game suspension without pay. Markeith cops a $50,000 fine. And out of nowhere, Jimmy Butler gets 30k fine as well for attempting to escalate the situation when he's, like, yelling at the Nuggets after it. Meanwhile, Jimmy Butler was one of the first people in there trying to play Peacemaker, and then once he was separated by large amounts of people, tried to escalate the situation. Meet me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? Uh, Where I've landed on it is I kind of don't like that. I kind of think Joker and Keith should either have both been suspended or both not suspended. The fact that Joker, who retaliated to the initial cheap shot from Keith with another cheap shot, the fact that only he gets suspended is kind of a bit on the nose. But at the same time, at least it wasn't too egregious, right? Only one game. It just sucks, though. Like, without pay, for a dude at Joker's level, that's an absolute fuck ton of money. It's like $300,000 versus the $50,000 fine for the guy who fucking started it. Now, this is the classic. The refs always see the guy who reacts, not the guy who instigates. And now it's like the NBA saying that as well, apparently. Um... But where I've landed at all of this, they both should have been suspended for a game. I think that would have, would have been fair for everybody, and everybody's going to be fine. Because uh, Mark Keefe deserved it. Like, shit dog act. Copped a shit dog act in return. I didn't like, and I still hate that it came with his back turned. Because Jokic probably didn't have to do that, and he's that fucking big that he hits him that hard from behind with zero warning. Um, Keefe just fucking got... Absolutely poleaxed. Jokic, though, is the kind of dude to do that to do to you if you were actually facing him. So I kind of uh, wish that it hadn't have been from behind. But at the same time, Mark Keith, if you want to be a tough guy, like, don't be a fake tough guy. Land your shitty fucking elbow to the kidneys, ribs, and then walk away like nothing happened. Like, guess what? Sucked in. <laughs> So there you go. Other news, Darren Williams, probably my least favorite net ever. Oh, my God, he stole so much of my money over the years. What an absolute spud he was. The least interested player I've ever watched play basketball. And just the worst. The worst, dude. I'll tell you that much. Um, He's boxing Frank Gore, which is pretty gnarly. NFL player, long-time NFL player Frank Gore in an undercard fight on the uh, Jake Paul Tommy Fury card. So that's kind of funny. And uh, now I just want Frank Gore to ruin Darren Williams the way he ruined 
my enjoyment of basketball for so long. Uh, the latest on Ben Simmons is there's no latest on Ben Simmons. Expect another leak probably tomorrow. This is, you know, we have the feints, we have the back and forth. We might actually get a little bit more of a, a bit more leeway this time maybe because with, uh, you know, the scheduling of uh, the Sixers mental health expert, etc. And Simo will probably put that off as long as he can so he can't get fined, etc. But either way, uh, who's holding their breath? Fucking nobody. Uh, the last little bit of news, Penny Sava, the erstwhile wife of Robert Sava. You may remember him from such uh, allegations as being a shit bloke from last week, creating a toxic work environment. Well, the good thing is his wife came in and said all that uh, all right. Oh, no, wait, she escalated because they're all fucking lunatics. Uh, she's out there sending, apparently, messages to former employees of the Suns, which is a really good way to... Um, you know, engender good feelings about you and your husband creating a toxic work environment. That's right, by harassing former employees, you fucking morons. So this is crazy. It's like messages like via IG and shit. I know a lot of bridges were burned between you and Robert, and you were very bitter. I want to remind you that real lives are at stake here. Please put aside your hatred and realize the hurt you were causing by spreading lies and fabrications. Is your time in the spotlight that important? If something happens to one of my children, I will hold you and Earl Watson personally responsible. Think about your own child for a second and imagine the tables turn. What the fuck is that? That's insane. What are you doing sending that message? But the thing is, but wait, there's more. It's like, what's his name? Tim from Demtel. (laughs) But wait, there's more. A second employee received a message that began, I am so terribly saddened that you would say such untrue things about my husband. Your interpretation of what happened is so far from the truth. You are crushing my family's lives. Thanks for that. A third employee said, You are such a liar in your trying to destroy my husband with your lies. You have destroyed my family and children. Wow. Yeah, this is... Look. I sort of was uh, joking about the fact that Neil O'Shea was out there apparently taking bullets for Robert Sava. And Robert Sava may have leaked all the stuff about Neil O'Shea to take the heat off of him and the sons. But I'll tell you what. If your wife is out there fucking basically weirdly threatening former employees, what do you think that says about your workplace culture, you fucking idiot? Not great things. I'll tell you that much. Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to this week's game. Oh, today's game wraps. Three really fun games. Let's do it. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps. Today, three games. The Milwaukee Bucks. I hear it's Algonquin for the good land. Beat the Sixers. Are they short-handed? Sixers. Jimmy, what happened to the rest of their hand, man? Uh, 118-109. The Bucks win this. But this was wicked fun. Uh, a wildly undermanned Philly, now even without Seth Curry, obviously. So they're missing Embiid out with the corona. Same with Tobias Harris. Uh, same with Matty T. Same with Isaiah Joe. Now without Seth Curry as well as obviously Simo. Like, that's crazy. And they dropped 39 points in the first quarter. <laughs> it was amazing. Tyrese Maxey had 17 points in that quarter. It was incredible. Nyang, George Nyang's 4-4 from downtown out of nowhere. That was smashing, but boom. Uh, Bucks got right back into it halfway through the second quarter. Grayson Allen hits a three. It's another eight zip run. The Bucks are lead, and they're up three, I think, at the half. 61-58. There you go. Crazy scenes. 
But it was really fun. They were just going back and forth. And Milwaukee obviously don't have Brooke Hoppage. Chris Middleton's obviously missing with his own uh, COVID protocols, etc. So Milwaukee leaning a lot on Grayson Allen. We'll get to that in a second. But Philly stuck around as well. Maxi got going again and their D stepped up. They tied it towards the end of the third. Uh, and the Sixers stuck with the Bucks all the way through the fourth. Niang actually got them ahead. And then so did Maxi a little while later, but they just couldn't get stopped spacing in the last four minutes when it really mattered. Like, fighting Bobby Porter's fight and round the world. He cans a three off a very nice Giannis pass. And I'll get to this in a little bit, but Giannis's passing was ah, kissing fingers emoji. Patty C then cans a three. Daddy Green got my back for the sixes, but uh, after another Giroud bucket and another Grayson Allen three, the Bucks were up seven and had control. Giannis gets an alley-oop, and that was basically that. Like, Philly just couldn't manufacture points out of nothing right at the death, and the Bucks D really kicked into gear. Corkmaz was just way off. Danny Green was way off. The game was over. And uh, even that was like a, you know, pretty disheartening vibe to the end of it if you're a Philly fan. Like, they're missing basically, what, their top six dudes? It's crazy. So, Maxi was incredible. 31 points. He was awesome. He's going to pop up again later. Shake Middleton. If you listen to that fucking moron Reggie Miller, he had 20. Oh, he should take him on one-on-one. Who, sh- who should take on who one-on-one, Reggie? Oh, Shake Middleton against uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You mean the defensive player of the year who's a foot taller than Shake Middleton? He should take him on one-on-one. What are you on about, you fucking lunatic? Anyway, George Niang, 21 points. He was hype AF. That was awesome. 5 or 7 from downtown. And uh, what's that? Stat line, 17 points, 20 rebounds, and a loss. Ah, it's got to be Andre Drummond. <laughs> oh, and I'll tell you what, fucking Furk and Corkmas. Ordinarily, he's going to pop up later. The Buckaroos, Giannis, 31-16-4. Pretty good at basketball. Drew Holiday, uh, struggling with his shot a little bit. 4-14 in this one. 8.6 assists, but it was everybody else for the Bucks in this one. It was great. Fighting Bobby Portis. Fighting around the world. 19-10. Goes 4-8 of eight from deep. Looking good. That one that he hit in late in that fourth quarter was absolutely amazing. Grayson fucking Allen hits 5-9 and nine from 3 as well. He ends up with 25 points as Grayson. Shammy Ojale goes 3-3 three three from downtown. He ends up with 11 points. He was, like, weirdly important in this game. Uh, Nawara was handy. He had 8 points. So did Patty C. He had a big 3-2. Philly now dropped to 8-4. and four. Uh, The Milwaukee Bucks are now 5-6. and six. That was a very, very nice settling win. For the Bucks, We'll see if they can do it again tomorrow or later. Utah hosted the Atlanta Hawks. Kakar, and they win at 110-98, running away in the fourth. Uh, Donnie and Utah were smoking in the first half. They're up 12 at halftime. Donnie's hit three threes at that point. Clarkson's hit a couple, but bang. The Hawks came out firing in the second half. Get it close again, but the Jazz, and this is what I love about the Jazz sometimes. They just reassert themselves out of nowhere against all ties just because they're deacon clamp down. Give them the old clamps. And they were suddenly back up 11. Just a little bit of two-man game with Donnie Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I shall switch your, slow, switch your shot. Uh, but the Hawks again. 11-3 run at the start of the fourth quarter. Get back into it. But Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Donnie Mitchell hits big shot after big shot. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson cans a huge three. Uh, running a curl off just a Hassan Whiteside screen. Midway through the fourth. Puts the Jazz back up 13. And just after that, Whiteside gets an offensive rebound and just throws a shack move in there. Just fucking drops his shoulder into clink, shoves him out of the road. Nice little drop hook in the paint. Beautiful stuff. 
And the weird thing was, so this entire game, Trey Young and Kevin fucking... The Ginger Ninja were crushing it, and then they didn't score the entire fourth quarter. They were deadly all game. The Utah D just locked them down. Royce O'Neal was crushing it. They looked locked in. Even though Jingle's looking a little bit out of sorts at the moment, uh, the Jazz D just was really, really good. Donnie Mitchell, surprisingly okay at the moment on that end, too. So the Hawks, they went 18-35 from three, only 11 turnovers, and they lose because their defense wasn't that good. Trey, he has 27, goes 5-11 from deep. Six assists on six turnovers, though. Kevin, what up? Six and nine. Nice. From three, he ends up with 28. It's his best game of the season. John Collins, that's a total cocktail. Pretty bad. Seven points on three of 11 shooting. Cam Reddish goes four of six for his 16. 13 and 12 with two blocks for Clint Capella. But just not enough. I'm going to talk about Atlanta later again in Yanars, but jeez. Jeez. Uh, the Yaz, they go 50% from the floor. 15 of 38 from three themselves. Out-rebound the Hawks by 12. Donnie ends up with 27, basically going, you know, shot for shot, make for make, point for point with Trey Young. Uh, he went 27 points and 5-11 from three, which is exactly what Trey did. It was weird. But Donnie hit him when it mattered. 16 for Bojan Bogdanovic. And uh, in the battle of the Bojans and the Bogdanoviches, the Bogdanoviches, Bojan wins over Bogdan, who didn't play. Uh Really handy, 11-5-4 from Royce O'Neal, 12-6 for uh, Conley. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, 16 points off the bench, goes 4-9 from deep. Big game for him. Atlanta, now in actual trouble at 4-8. We'll talk about that again later, but geez. 8-3 for the Utah Yaz. Feeling good about my, uh, what is it, 53.5 wins over? Mm, you little beauty. The Clippers in the last game of today beat the pants off of uh, Portland, 117-109. But, Jimmy, it was really close all game. Yeah, it was. But then, it wasn't. It was weird. Portland's D just stinks. I don't know about you, but having three undersized guards as your wings and your primary creators, all three of whom cannot fucking hope to guard or slow down anyone on the opposition, might be a problem, Portland! Jeez. So, Norm, CJ, and Dame... If they're not just giving you 23, 24, 25 points each, the amount they give up on the perimeter is fucking crazy. Anyway, this game was sick. Like, it was awesome. Paul George was going ham. It was Lob City again, but with, like, Zoobs and Isaiah Hartenstein. More like Isaiah Duncanstein, yes. Uh, Paul George had, like, 14 and a half. Reggie Jackson was crushing it. Norm had a four-point play, though, uh, towards the end of the half. He had 16 points in the first half. Dame hit a few threes early. Then Mr. Bunch, uh, ends up, he started off with two of eight from downtown, but it was really close still, 55-56 at the half, back and forth, third quarter. Uh, Reggie Jackson out there, leg kick offensive foul, pretty funny. A couple of Batum threes out there. He had 11 points in the third quarter. He was massive all game. It's one of those things when Batum looks good, you're like, holy shit, the Clippers are really good. And then when it actually comes to nut crunch time, Batum is like, oh, I am somewhere on the French Riviera. I am not here when the going gets tough. And that's how we sort of went from there. Like midway through the fourth quarter, though, Dame comes back on, decides not to miss for a couple of minutes. It goes from like an 11-point game after a Bledsoe 3 where it really looked like the Clippers are going to run away with it. Gets it all the way back down to a six-point game. Then it's a four-point game. But about, I think, the four-minute mark left. Norm misses a couple of free throws. Somehow, Nurk smashes in a three, which is amazing. 
But Dane misses a three. Batum cans one. It's an eight-point game again, and the Blazers just look bad for the last three minutes. They just look like CJ McCollum had a runner in the paint that nearly broke the fucking backboard. It was that bad of a miss. Ty Lue takes a timeout after a Bobby Covington easy transition miss as well. Every time Robert Covington, Lord Robert Covington in transition, you never know what's going to happen. It's so weird. He misses like a layup. Paul George gets fouled. Uh, they take the timeout. Paul George then gets a bucket and one, and that was the game. And the Blazers, it's their defense. Like Covington, as much as he might give you on defense, like two of eight from the floor, one of six from three. He was brutal. Dame goes for 27, four of 13 from downtown. So, you know, two of five in the second half. Not bad. Six assists. CJ, though, 13 points on 15 shots. Norm! Goes five of six from downtown. Great game. Can't stop anybody, though. 23 points. Nurk! 15 and 13 with six assists. Six of nine. Nice shooting. Hits a three, but they just don't have it. It's weird. Anthony Simons gives them just a little something. Something has this amazing dunk. Smashes in a three. But the rest of this roster, just, ugh. Just, I don't like it. Can you tell? The Clippers! Six players going double figures. Paul George has 24 points. Took 24 shots, but who's counting? Nine rebounds, seven assists. Frenchy Batum, <laughs> I shot all of Charlotte's money. I stole it. Six of eight from downtown. Great game. 22 points. Reggie Jackson is 23 and six. He goes three of five from downtown. Bledsoe has 11. Actually hit a big shot late too, which is pretty weird for him. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein has, hello, has 14. 11 and seven for Zoobs. Good to see Serge Ibaka back out there again. Uh, played the other day as well. And they shot over 51% from the field. 16 to 30 from the three. Yeah. The Portland D might be the problem. Uh, they can't win on the road either. They're now five and six. The Clippers are six and four. Five wins on the trot. Amazing. All right, well, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night, shall we? <laughs> That's not that nice. That's a nice. Oh, Donnie Mitchell. That was a great one. I love that he played Trey Young to like an exact standstill. That was awesome. And they are uh, the Jazz. Look. Atlanta, you never know what you're going to get. They're very trick-or-treat. It's like a box of chocolates, I guess. Uh, but they're 4-8, four, four and eight, and they're on a back-to-back. And Donnie just did enough to sort of completely mitigate Trey Young. It was huge. Great game. Tyrese Maxey maxed out. He was in just incredible all game for the Sixers. That first quarter was electric. I love him. But this one's going to go to Giannis. 31-16-4 with two blocks. Absolutely crushed it all game. There's a couple of times we had a couple of weird wonky turnovers. Couldn't hit a three either. He missed a three so badly. Like, Jesus, he's going to put somebody eye out with that. But anyway, Giannis was just out there leading from the front in this. I really, really enjoyed it. Paul George's 24 came on 24 shots, as I mentioned. So a bit of a tough one for him. But the way he was always sort of in control of this game was the exact opposite of the Blazers. It's weird. He goes 10 and 24, 3 7 from downtown. Couldn't buy a foul call uh, to save his life. And really, like, it's kind of one of those things where, like, Paul George, yeah, you could probably do that now. Just, you know, if you're going to be at this top-end level in the NBA, we could do some more free throws here. You're going up against Portland, bro. Anyway, uh, Giannis, though, gets this one today. 31-16-4. He was awesome. And, you know, turns out that he uh, gave the old phone to Chris O'Middleton when they are at the White House. So you get to have a chat with old Joe Biden. Kind of nice. What a legend. So good job, Giannis. Who was spot of the night? 
Spud, 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 if he ever even has like a half-decent night, the Sixers somehow would have pulled that game out of their ass and beaten the uh, Bucks. And look, when you're down this many dudes on your team, someone has to take the shots, obviously. But Jesus, Firkin, could you hit a couple? Two of 18! That's egregious. Yeesh! Who was Old Mate No Mates? Old Mate No Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Who's got no mates today? Reggie Miller, a.k.a. the Patrick Reed Shake Middleton, Reggie Miller. He's in mid-season form of dipshittery. Great to see. I hate him so much. So I went on, like I yelled about Greg Anthony the other day. It was nice of Reggie Miller to really stand up and go, Jimmy, Jimmy, no, I'm the worst. Remember? I suck! And you're like, oh, that's right, Reggie is a cockhead. Um, having watched the the Malice in the Palace uh, doco a couple of times as well, out of all of the people interviewed for that, Reggie Miller might be the most fucking annoying. Because you're like, oh, I kind of feel sad for Reggie because they probably would have won the title that year, the Pacers. And then you hear him talk in his stupid fucking voice, and you're like, oh, wait, that's right, remember. Fuck Reggie Miller. So today starts calling Paul Reed, a.k.a. Basketball Paul, a.k.a. a fucking legend, Paul Reed. He calls him Patrick Reed. And then he makes a joke about it later. He's like, he does it twice. With I think I tweeted out the simple fact of the matter was Iron Eagle is uh, the consummate pro. All time, one of the best basketball uh, play-by-play dudes going. He's awesome. In between, after Reggie drops a Patrick Reed reference, which is a golfer, don't forget, Iron Eagle just very subtly and very smartly goes, and uh, there's uh, Paul Reed with the... And you're like, oh, good job, Iron. And Reggie doubles down and calls him Patrick like a minute later. What are you doing, Reggie, idiot? And then later calls Shake Milton, Shake Middleton. God damn you. Why is he getting paid this much money to be so shit at his job? Fuck you, Reggie Miller. He's old mate, no mates, because he's your fucking mate. <laughs> he's not my mate, he's your fucking mate. Oh, I hate him. Uh, Pantsing of the night goes to... Oh, Bojan got obliterated late in that Yaz game by Capella. Uh, Bojan sort of threw up like a little bit of a prayer in the paint and Capella just like volleyball spiked it like the half court. Uh, but this one's going to go to Zoobs. He got straight fucking killed. So he got straight killed. By Anthony Simons. Holy shit, that was a good dunk. Simons comes off like a curl on the top of the three-point line. Gets the ball in stride. Cocks it back. Rises up. Absolutely fucking... Nuclear bang on Zoobs. Pretty gnarly. Zoobs did the very smart thing, went, Oh, I'm getting out of the fucking road, not contesting that. But still, got pants. Uh, who was better than Lonzo Bull, however? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Tyrese Maxey. Uh, this was an easy one because. I mean, he nearly won the NBA Australia approved performance of the night, but holy crap, the 21st pick in the 2020 draft out there absolutely smasherating it today. 31 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He was awesome. He was doing a little bit of everything. He goes 12 of 24 from the floor, 4 of 9 from downtown, 3 of 3 at the free throw line. 
has a block and a steal as well, just to uh, round out everything. But my favorite part about this is they throw him the ball, give him the keys. He has 31, 5, and 4, and zero turnovers. Tyrese, Maxi, you absolute weapon. Today, you're better than Lonzo Ball. All right, let's do some Yenaz right after this. This is Nick K, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. Let's do some Yenaz. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, mate, party time now. Freedom day for me. The squids at daycare again. Beside myself. Loving it. If you go anywhere without a slap on your shoulder or a couple of bowls of wine in tow, what are you doing? That ship bloke territory. Go to the online bottle, though, thedailyliquor.com. Check out all their party packs, all their mixer things. It's incredible. They've got wines, they've got cocktails, they've got beers coming out the wazoo. There's ciders, lick beer, ginger beer, everything you need. For a good time, as long as you're over 18, of course. So go check it out and celebrate the new season with the code STRAYA. They'll give you a free sixer of the Dos Blocos XPA. So go check it out. It's for the Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery if you order before noon. Smash the dailyliquor.com right now. Bang in that code STRAYA and get a free sixer on you, mate. Jimmy, all right. Some year Nas for today. Love these. We got one from Emilio. I was all like, Emilio. And Emilio, hey, Jimmy, yeah, nah for you. If Carmelo Anthony averages 25 points per game for the whole season, can he win most improved player? <laughs> I love this one. Yeah, nah. Shit. Yeah. I mean, there's a case. Like At the moment, he's shooting 50% from the floor. 52% from three, Carmelo. It's his best scoring year since fucking 2017. His last year in New York. The craziest part is... If you do the old per 36 nerd stats, it's actually on par with his scoring years in his last two New York Knicks years. It's incredible. The dude was out of the league. He's 37. And he's dropping fools. Most improved player, 100%. Ah, shit, yes. Hook this to my veins. The thing is, the Lakers are such a rabble at the moment. He's like their second best player. Like, he's out playing Rusty. It's like it goes AD, Mallow, <laughs> and everybody else, which is bonkers in the year 2021. And if he does, like, up that scoring average, and maybe they give him some more points, most improved player, 100%. <laughs> I love it. All right, another one from Carson Maddox. Thanks one, thanks for that one, Emilio. That was good. Carson Maddox. Oh, Mad Dogs himself. Jimmy, haven't listened to today's pod. You may have touched on this, but yeah, nah for you and your uh, World Wrestling Australian mate, Adam. Jokic and one of his brothers versus the Morris Twins. Better than Malone slash Rodman? Yeah, nah. Oh. I'll tell you what. It might be a better wrestling match than uh, Malone-Rodman. It's not quite on par with, like, you know, just the sheer... Uh, I mean, Rodman having come off a Bulls three-peat, Malone a couple of MVPs. They've just played in the finals. Like If it, if this had have happened in a finals and then they had a wrestling match after, I'd be here for it. But, uh, yeah, Rodman, Rodman Malone was probably higher profile if you had the same dudes right now, right? The third best player on a three-peat title team. So basically like Clay Thompson, if the Warriors had have strung together three 
against a two-time MVP, basically Giannis. <laughs> It'd be unbelievable, right? Uh, but Jokic, look, the Jokic brothers versus the Morris twins. So not Nikola Jokic, but, or maybe just one of his brothers. I'm 100% going the Serbs every time. The Morris twins, we all know fake tough guys, giant fucking crybabies when it goes against them. Give me the Serbs 100% of the time. I mean, shit. Like, we would never hear from the Morris Twins again, which uh, I'm going to get to again in a little bit. Uh, next up, panic stations for the Hawks. I alluded to this. Yeah, nah. Four and eight. Nah, not panic stations. But look, they got Huerta going tonight with him starting and Bogdan resting. Uh, no DeAndre. Hannah either. And watching them a bunch of times in the last couple of weeks, it's one of those ones where Coach Nate McMillan will... Look, he's just going to have to keep tinkering with that lineup, right? And what they figure out with, like, ball handling versus scoring versus who's playing D. They've got so many weird combinations that it turns into, like, that weird factorial video that you can go out there and say, like, they've got too many dudes is kind of the point, right? Like, they're 4-8, and eight, so they need to figure this out fucking soon because they're digging a very big hole. And the amount of times I've laughed at Trey Young going, oh, man, it's pretty hard getting out for the regular season. After we've been in the playoffs and like none of these games like matter at all. It's like, Trey, they fucking matter if you want to make the playoffs, you idiot. But look, I've been yelling about this for basically the last week. Depth is good, depth is great, but there's also such thing such a thing as too much depth. Right? So tonight there's no Hunter, no Bogdan. They're starting Solomon Hill and Kevin fucking Huerta. You've got Reddish, you've got Gallo, you've got Lou Will, you've got Dylan Wright coming off the bench, you've got TLC. They've got three too many good dudes. And they're one really good dude short. Like, John Collins is probably that good dude, but he's not playing like it at the moment, right? So that's kind of half the problem is, like, John Collins got paid and is, like, struggling to really find some form. But that's also because you remember last year, DeAndre Hunter goes out, and they sort of had, like, a pretty tiered pecking order with Bogdan with Trey but now Reddish is coming along, and now Huerta has gotten paid as well. So they want to handle the ball. They want to do some more stuff. And suddenly it's just gotten a lot more complicated. So, look, Huerta's sucked. Bogdan can't get going. Trey's had a good scoring day today, but even he has just looked a little bit off, right? He's not even close to the electric dude we watched in the second half of last season. So Coleman should be taking a bigger, bigger step. Like We know what Clint Capella is. is hurt still, but geez. Gorgie Ding on this team. But the Hawks, I really do think it's like, oh, man, we're going to have to trade some dudes. We're just going to have to do it. Like, the pecking order is all discombobulated. you got to give them another couple of weeks to see if they can turn around by themselves and if it can just sort of sort itself out naturally. But this is a weird one where they brought in Gallo. They bring in Lou Will. A couple of dudes last year, Bogdan, obviously, and it's like, well, we'll, re- we'll like jumpstart this rebuild. They make the conference finals. And now, though, they're kind of feeling the pinch because Gallo's not playing enough, probably. Bogdan probably hadn't been playing enough. Reddish should be probably playing more, right? There's just a squeeze. And it's really tough for the Hawks. Right, last one. Scotty Baxter jumps in. And I actually had this one written down. So thanks, Scott. Kind of doubled down on it for me because I had written, is Chuck Barkley right? Does Dame have to get out of Portland? Scotty Baxter nailed it better, though. Yeah, nah, Dame won't make it to the trade deadline with Portland. Yeah, nah. I kind of think, yeah, right? I don't think he does. Oh, wait, no. 
No, yeah, he won't make it. So, yeah, he won't. Because I have not liked any of the Blazers games so far this season. But the key aspect of the Blazers thing is, is that Neil O'Shea being, like, you know, under investigation by a law firm for uh, running a shit operation up there in Portland, can't you just see him pulling the fucking trigger on a trade just to sort of fuck everything up and make it all a bit murky and get everybody talking about something else apart from his uh, supposed malfeasance, you know? So I wouldn't be giantly surprised if Dame gets traded. So December 15 will probably loom as that big date for everybody. And, uh, you know, shifting parts, contracts, etc. I wouldn't be that surprised. And I don't think Dame makes it to the deadline with Portland because three weeks in, Portland just, they're not sucking, but they're just not that good. And it comes down to the roster construction. Like, Neil O'Shea wants to talk about, ah, nah, man, it's not the roster's fault. It's like, well, yeah, you made the roster, you idiot. You're not going to blame yourself because you're a coward. But this roster sucks. <laughs> like, switching out Gary Ter- Terrence Trent Derby Jr. for uh, Norm Powell last year was like an okay move, but at the same time, I just don't see how Norm fits on this team as a starter. It's just, it's all a bit of a mess. And I think Dame will be the one that just goes, yep, yeah, nah, wash my hands of this. Like, O'Shea could very easily just try to do the CJ for Simmons trade or something just to uh, pull the wool over everybody's eyes. Who knows if Jody Allen, the owner up there in Portland, will uh, okay that. But, geez, it's a mess. Right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now, look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's time for our funnest teams to watch so far. Power rankings. Three weeks into the season. We've done three weeks so far. Who are the most... Fun teams to watch. Coming in at number 30, that absolute fucking rabble, the New Orleans Pelicans. They stink. So do Houston. Now, Houston should be way more fun. They're actually so bad that they're not fun to watch. Like, it's weird. So not only are they bad, they're just not even fun. Like, Jalen Green is just jacking shots. KPJ's jacking shots. Christian Wood, what ScoMo's got for electoral fucking campaigning right now, uh, just no good. They stink. Like, they suck, and it hurts your eyes to watch them. But the Pelicans are even worse. So go figure that out. Detroit are coming in at 20... What's that? 28? Uh, not not ideal either. Like, because the way Detroit stink is pretty different and pretty, like, uh, I don't know, unique. Because they stink. They kind of know it. Their young dudes should be a little bit more fun to watch on the regular basis. Like, Cade... But the thing is, I expect Detroit to get way more up in there in these rankings as Cade figures it out. Because there's elements to this team that actually could be kind of fun with Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. Like, so far this season, it's just been like Sadiq Bay missing shots, Kelly Olenek stinking up the joint, and like Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant just going, fuck it, I'll do it then. Uh, it doesn't make for great watching. 27 Minnesota, just the way they blow games and stink and loaf around. It's just, it's not fun basketball. Cat, I've talked about him at length. D'Lo, he can give you an incredible spark one night and then just look completely disinterested the next. He's got those old Jeremy Lamb sleepy eyes. 26 Milwaukee Bucks. Jeremy, geez, but they're pretty good. Yeah, but they're not that much fun to watch mostly. It's like Giannis and Grayson Allen. (laughs) It's been brutal. 25, Boston, same vibes. Tatum has been so bad. We've spent most of this season going, what is going on with him and Jalen Brown? Like, Brown... Like, they've been involved in a couple of really fun games, but it's not, like, objectively fun to watch this Celtics team right now. 
like Al Horford popping up and doing some fun stuff. You're like, that's still Al Horford, one of the least interesting basketball players of the last 20 years. Marcus Smart doing Marcus Smart shit. Tatum missing every shot he fucking takes. Brown doing stuff and them just clearly not knowing what the fuck to go, what to do. They lose their game against Dallas. They're in good games, but they're not fun to watch. Orlando are, because Cole Anthony's awesome. The rest of that team, eh, not as much fun to watch. Mo Bamba does some fun stuff. Wendell Carter, Jr., Wendell, the spiritual successor, average Al Horford. Not exactly lighting up the screen, but at least Cole Anthony has him up at 24. 23, Utah, they're just not a light him up on fire kind of fun team to watch at the moment. Jingles, yeah, he'll get there. Look, when they're actually on song, they're a really solid watch. But also, I just hate their court. <laughs> 22, Sacramento, Diazza Fox. He's a bit fun sometimes, but they're just such a weird team that we're going to get them at 22. 21, the Pacers. doesn't matter what game you're watching. You're like, well, this will be all right. And somehow it actually manages to not live up to the expectations of, well, that'll be all right. 20, same goes for Phoenix. Phoenix, I don't know what's going on. But without DeAndre Ayton, um, the Michael Bridges, CP3, Devin Booker experience isn't that much fun. It's pretty strange, but here we are. I think that'll all gel a little bit better the further we go along into the season. 19, San Antonio. They're kind of fun. All their young dudes, DeJunte Murray causing havoc. Um, they're better to watch than their record suggests. That's why they're at 19. 18, the Clippers, the Paul George show. And then you turn around, you're like, why am I watching so much Nick Batum and Reggie Jackson? This sucks. But that's why they're at 18. 17, OKC. Giddy up. They're way higher just because they're weird, wacky, wonderful, and they keep beating the Lakers. 16, Denver. <laughs> Joker. If you turn if you turn your back to him, you might fucking KO ya. So you better watch out for Denver. Otherwise, for me, I was enjoying watching Denver because watching MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. just stink was just some real good hate watch. 15, the Washington Wizards. Perfectly in the middle. It's always the Wiz. I mean, but they're kind of weird. They're kind of fun. I've been enjoying watching the Wiz games just to see how it all clicks. Some of their games stink, but sometimes they're fun. That's why they're 15. 14, the Brooklyn Nets. Jeez, Jimmy, that's a bit low. Yeah, but KD is amazing. The rest of the team, it's a like Patty and KD are the only fun players to watch on this team for me at the moment. Harden sucks. I hate LaMarcus Aldridge. Blake Griffin is just a fucking shell of himself. Joey Harris can't do too much either just by himself. So I'm just watching it for KD and Patty, and that's about it. So that's why they're at 14. 13, Atlanta. When they're on, like, again, this is kind of like a bit of a hate watch vibe for me because I just enjoy watching to figure out what they're doing. But when Trey Young does get going and they're doing some fun stuff, they're fun. The problem is they're 4-8. and eight. <laughs> 12, Miami. They were higher, and then I thought about them a little bit more. I'm like, wait. If Hero's not fucking kicking ass, it's a rough watch watching Miami. So there you go. 11, Portland. It's just the Dame factor. CJ's had some really good games. They've been fun to watch here and there. The Sixers. Different lineups every night, but god damn, they play hard. So I love watching the Sixers. They're at 10. 9, the Knicks. They're going to grit and grind you. Love watching the Knicks. I just love Julius. You know that. Kemba Walker, just watching him sort of kind of just have knees. And you're like, please, just stay stuck together, Kemba. Eight is Dallas. That's just Luke and Magic all the time. Watching the Extreme Zinger Meal sort of made me pop up. The Extreme Zinger Meal. Uh, Memphis is a number seven. That's the Jar Splosions. I love him. He and Triple J, it's such a weird fucking mix. Triple J, I just don't know if he's good at basketball. But goddamn, Jar's incredible. The Raptors are at six. The surprise packet. 
I love the Raptors. Scotty Barnes is crazy. OG is crushing it. Fred Van Vliet, the fight in Van Vliet's always good. Five is what? Hang on a second. This can't be right. Cleveland. Oh, my God. Cleveland are in the top five of watchable. They lose the sex man, though. This may or may not be good. We won't know until we watch a couple of games. But Ricky Tiki Tata, Rupi, oh, next to Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. Go the throw, Jared Allen. That's fun. They've been fun. They're so much fun. Get rid of Kevin Love and look what look what happens. Oh, he's got the Reiner. Cut him some slack, Jimmy. Four, the Bulls. A little bit more fun than I expected. Caruso just does a little bit of everything. He's not going to wow you with the stats, but Jesus, impacts the game. Uh, the mix of Lonzo, DeMar with Levine and Vooch. It's been kind of fun. And all credit to the Bulls and the Bulls fans. Like, I didn't, I expected it to be pretty scrappy for like all year. They've been pretty good to start. It's fun. Three, Charlotte, just because they're either going to win by 30 or lose by 30. That's fun as shit sometimes. They lose worse than everybody. I keep saying that, but god damn, when they're on, they're on. The problem is, in the last week, they've been, or week and a half, they've been shit outs. Number two is the Lakers. The Lakers. And you know why it's really fun to watch the Lakers? The Lakers stink! That's why. Because they keep trying to shit the bed in just like the world's most entertaining fashion. As opposed to like the squid who takes a dump and he's nappy and you're like, oh God, this is just a bad smell. Like that's what the the Lakers are. But Rusty, he's going to turn the ball five to, over five times, give away fucking free throws, almost lose a game. It's classic. Number one is the most fun team to watch at the moment, the Warriors. And that's without Clay Thompson. Steph is amazing. They're much. They're so much fun. Jordan Poole. Iggy jumping around, but there's just something electric about the Warriors. And they are flying high, so I'm enjoying that immensely. All right, there's the uh, top 30 fun teams so far. Let's do an Outback Takehouse. It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, Davos hit an email on the way into work with his ute. He threw it in the back, and boom, Alice Springs Chicken. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill Take is... Fuck Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons... Philly should be rebuilding around Tyrese Maxey and George Niang. Only at Outback. I'll tell you what, they're pretty bloody lovable. And talk about Simmons going, oh, nah, man, if I don't play, I've got way more leverage for a trade. Uh, based on what? <laughs> He's a forgotten man. Holy shit, Maxey's incredible. The thing is, if you're a team trying to trade for Simmons... Are you kind of trying to trade for Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey just to pry Maxey away from the Sixers? You kind of are, right? Like, this is where the Jalen Brown thing gets a little bit more interesting if you go, well, if we get Simmons and we get Maxey, shit. <laughs> I might have to think about it a bit more. All right, we'll be back in a second with Australian Player Watch right after, let's say, this one. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, what do Chris Paul, NASA Commander, Scott Kelly, and Reddit co-founder Alexis Ahanian have in common? I hear you, don't ask, because I can't hear you. I'm here in the studio. 
Uh, well, they've all got incredible experiences. They've all created audio courses to teach you what they've learned on Knowable, which is like Spotify for learning stuff. I love it. The world's top experts teaching you new skills in little bite-sized audio courses. Like the bloke from NASA teaches you about space. Chris Paul talks about plant-based lifestyles. And the Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian teaches you how to launch a startup. So they're all pretty awesome. And there's over 100 other experts waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff, download Knowable. Bang in the code Strayer and get 20% off. It's awesome. 20% off with the code Strayer. I love Noble. The squid hates it, but at the same time, he's now a daycare, so he can blow it out his nose. So go check out Noble. I love him. You'll get smarter if you listen to him. Right, Australian player watch for today. Obviously, no Benny Simmons for these uh, noggin problems. And Aussie Matty T out with the COVID, so hopefully Aussie Matty T's doing all right. Uh, but Jingle Joe Ingles against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. 21 minutes, two points and one of three shooting. 0 of one from three. Four rebounds, one assist, one steal and two turnovers. So... That leads us into uh, nobody else is obviously out there today. Only the three games, so no Josh Green, no Giddy, no Jock. Let's do the uh, great moment in NBA Australia stat history, shall we? Because, I mean, why the bloody hell not, Jimmy? Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Well, you see, Jingler Joe Ingles started last year 10-3-3. Similar vibes as they tried to figure out the rotation, the Yaz. With uh, Mike Conley, with Donnie Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Bojan, etc. And uh, at the moment, Jingles' usage rate is all the way down. It's like just, it's his career low at the moment. He's turned into a bit of a spot-up shooter. Same vibes as the start of last year, right? Jingles has actually been shooting it okay, but uh, last couple of games, a bit of a rough one. But go back to last year, the 17th game of the year. So, I don't know, about like six or so games from now, comparatively, and next year. He had 21 points. He went 7 of 11 from 3 versus the uh, Mavs and Luka at home in his first start of the season. I think that might be the uh, answer to anything that ails the Jazz. Just start jingles. Uh, But a huge game. He had 21 points, 4 rebounds and 8 assists. And they kicked the shit out of the Mavs. So that's a great moment in NBA Australia State history. But also... A nice little indicator that you can't stress yourself out too much about Joe Ingles and usage rates and spot-up shooting and stuff. Obviously, I want to see the old jingling one himself with the ball in his hand a little bit more, but they are crushing it, so it's okay. (laughs) Give me more jingles, though. Right, the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. This is just the Jokic brothers creating their own Twitter account to have a go at the Morris Twins, which is amazing and hilarious. So they literally created a Twitter account to tweet at Mook Morris 2. You should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Jokic brothers. <laughs> so this came after Marcus Morris obviously tweeted yesterday. Oh, so hit bro from behind. Ah, noted. And so the Jokic brothers create a Twitter account. I'm assuming they're just like sort of sitting around a laptop yelling at some poor nerd that they've like rolled into a cafe in Denver and just like, you know how to make Twitter? Twitter, you know how to make? And just like scream at some poor kid. He's like, yeah, 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 what do we do? You make and you send that message to Marcus Morris. And boom. You should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. (laughs) Your brother made a dirty play first. 
If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you, <laughs> Jokic brothers. And Marcus Morris actually had the balls to reply to them. He said, you got the right ones, believe that. Uh, okay, Marcus, sure. And then the Jokic brothers replied to that. I don't believe, I know that. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy, I love it. All right, let's do some game previews for tomorrow. Game previews, game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's freedom going? Tell you what, pretty good. It's just nice to go places again. The squid's in daycare. He's feeling good about stuff, so happy days. Uh, today's picks, we went two of three. Uh, we nailed the first two of today. Pick the Bucks. Pick the Yaz. Missed out on the... Uh, we had the Blazers uh, putting up a little bit more of a fight and trying to make that close. Uh, so we're now 86 of 149 on the year. Not bloody bad. Uh, we have 13 games tomorrow. That is absolutely wild. Let's see how we go. we got Washington at Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, the Cavs are three and a half point underdogs at home. So I might go the Cavs. Um, but the more I think about this, the more I might not. Like they'll, There'll be an adjustment period where they get used to not having the sex man around. So I'm going to take the Wiz here. Uh, they're deep enough. They've got too many looks they can throw at Cleveland. They've actually got a bit of size now that Dan Gafford's back as well. Against uh, Go the Fro, Evan Mobley might not be enough. Uh, but I think Washington's got a little bit too much class. So I'll take the Wiz, minus three and a half. Brooklyn, they go to Orlando. A bit of a uh, tricky one here. I think we're going to get a good James Harden game, though. Maybe Cole Anthony versus James Harden could be fun. Brooklyn, nine and a half point favorites. It's a lot, but I think I'll take Brooklyn. Because I think Orlando just... Ugh. Brooklyn need a couple of statement big fuck you wins, and I think this could be one of them. So give me the Nets. Toronto, go to Boston. They're one and a half point underdogs on the road to Toronto. I'm going to take the Raps plus one and a half. I think they're going to give Boston everything they can handle tomorrow. And uh, give me the Raps for the win and the plus one and a half. The Bucks on a back-to-back. -back. Go to the Knicks. The Knicks are one and a half point favorites. I'm going to have to go to the Knicks. Just the back-to-back -back for the Bucks. A crazy game today against a really scrappy Sixers team. We know who's scrappy as well. The Knicks. So give me the Knicks. Minus one and a half. Detroit basketball in the toilet bowl. They're playing Houston. The Pistons are plus one and a half. So one and a half point underdogs in Houston. Just, uh, ooh, I was going to go to Detroit. And then I thought about it. And I was like, no, wait, Christian Wood leaving Detroit. He is going to go absolutely hammer and tongs against his old team. So I will take Houston minus one and a half and get a win there. Chicago hosts Dallas. This should be an absolute cracker because, A, it's a beautiful mix of uh, uniforms, the red and the blue. We'll see what happens. Also, Luka versus anybody is a great matchup at this point, especially this weird Chicago team. I'll take the Bulls here. I think the combo of Vooch, Levine, it's just too many weapons uh, with DeMar. For a team like Dallas, they just won't be able to quite keep up with uh, Chicago. I'll take the Bulls minus three and a half. Memphis, four-and-a-half-point favorites to the absolutely wavering Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to go the Grizz, minus four-and-a-half. I think Jar will absolutely relish killing Lamelo. The Thunder, the Toilet Bowl 2, they're taking on New Orleans. Ugh, how have we got all four of the worst teams in the NBA playing each other tomorrow? That's incredible. OKC are four-and-a-half-point underdogs in New Orleans. I'm taking OKC. They're not a rabble. New Orleans are a rabble. Give me the Thunder. Shit, yeah. Sacramento, ooh, go to San Antonio. This is actually a weirdly fun matchup because Sacramento is sort of slowly but surely maybe building something there. Who knows? But I don't know. San Antonio, their young dudes are fun. They're a half-point underdogs at home of San Antonio. I kind of have to take that, I think. I think DeJunte Murray can uh, sort out Darren Fox. 
I'm going to take the Spurs to win this one. Indy at Denver. Uh, there's no line for this, obviously. The Jokic suspension happens. I'm going to take Indy head-to-head regardless. Um, what are we going to get? Get some bowl bowl? What do you think? <laughs> Jamarco Green at center. Uh, Indy should win this one in Denver, but yeah. There you go. Portland go to Phoenix. I'm going to take the Suns minus six and a half. Suns at home. Even with the combo of like Frank the Tank and not much else. <laughs> it seems Jeez. Uh, Nurk should face, but Portland just is so trick and treat. I'm going to take Phoenix to win that one. Minus six and a half. Golden State host Minnesota. They're going to kill them. Minus seven and a half. I'm going Golden State. And Miami go to the Lakers. Miami on the road in LA. Three and a half point favorites. I'm taking Miami because the Lakers, what's that? Oh, the Lakers, do they stink? The Lakers stink! You better believe it. All right, that's it for today. Fun day. Just a nice, chill one. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you're following us on uh, Twitter, Facey, IG, we're all over the socials. Check out today's NFL Australia with myself and Gaz chopping it up. Got a bit boozy last night. Got a, got a bit late. Long episode, but so much happened in the NFL this week, so you better go check that out wherever you get your podcast. Uh, World Wrestling Australia with Adam uh, this week. Another batch of WWE releases. The Aussie action from this week's NXT. Bit of AEW talk on CM Punk. All the regular stuff on World Wrestling Australia. So go check that out on YouTube with Adam. Uh, or follow FWCIE on Twitter. He's always a cracker. Uh, NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch like Lonzo tells you to. Uh, check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on, I don't ask for too much. But more importantly, if you think about doing Manscaped, Dot com, get some shaving stuff, get some, uh, you know, bathroom essentials, whatever you need. Go to manscaped.com, use the code STRAYER, you get 20% off and free shipping, and do it in the next day or two, would you? It'd be really good if you did that. TheDailyLiquor.com, use the code STRAYER, get a free sixer. Knowable, STRAYER, 20% off as well. Big thanks to From Oslo for the intro and song. Uh, their band, their new band, House Hats, are awesome. Their album, Running Out of Time, is out now. And big thanks always have to go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Shadow, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your tunes. NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. All right, we're going to close out today's show with a Greenies Green Thumb Tips for a Greener Garden and Greener Living with Josh Greeny Green. Always a great one. And we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And... Later, Hosen. Oh, g'day. Josh Green here with Josh Greeny Green's Green Tips for a Greener Living with Josh Greeny Green. And I'm Josh Green. And I'll tell you what, you know me. I love every week coming on here and telling you how much I enjoy getting out in the garden and realigning with nature. Just getting my hands in the dirt, planting some plants, digging some holes, mulching some mulch, composting some compost, whatever I have to do, I just love being outside. But I'll tell you what, my favourite green tip this week is get a worm farm. You know what I absolutely love about you know everything to do with the garden is doesn't matter what it is, if you've got a worm farm, it'll be bloody great because they're all fucking so I love worms. They're squiggly and wriggly and oh, look at them. Oh, I just popped the top of my worm farm and they're fucking everywhere. How good is this? The best part is you use them for your combo. Oh, look at them. They're all eating all that stuff. Oh, they're eating your scraps.
Oh, I love composting as well. Go on, do it. Now do it, you coward. Get a worm farm. I love worms. Get some worm juice for your garden. It'll make shit grow. You can just dump them on there and they get to work. Fucking love worms. Okay, so that's it for uh, Greeny's Green Tips for uh, greener living with Josh Greeny Green. Uh, get a worm farm. They're, they're really good. All right, we'll talk to you next week. I've been Josh Green. <laughs>